0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bank at Night.
2: Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Bigley, Kramer, Sanson, the Cream Dog with me here as well. Vernon and uh, Vernon's on Deck Show coming up 8 o'clock. The Royals in Seattle to face the Mariners after uh, – Finishing off that series with Houston, by the way, the Royals 4-3 and three this year against the uh, Houston Astros who play their home games in front of about four people in the fourth biggest market in the country. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing the way they played against the Royals. Best run differential in baseball, they look like crap. Good luck to them in the playoffs. Check these numbers out, Kramer. Through 32 games from Jake Eisenberg. He's the uh, Omaha Storm Chasers voice. Bobby Wood Jr. and Nick Prado. Okay? Batting average. Bobby Wood Jr. 299, Nick Prado 281, slash line 356 or 299, 356 and in 628 for Bobby Wood Jr. Prado 281, 362, 669. Two of the three, Prado's got him. Two of the three categories of slash line, he's higher. Bobby Wood Jr. 12 doubles, Nick 10 doubles, home runs. Bobby Wood Jr. 11, Nick Prado 11, ribs, RBI. Bobby Wood Jr. twenty nine, Nick Prado thirty one. Would you have guessed that Nick Prado's got him in all those categories?
3: I mean, for me, as the knowledge I have in baseball, maybe
2: yes. It doesn't matter either. Nick Prado,
3: Bobby it's, Wood it's Jr. Just, is a, it's just incredible. Bobby
2: Wood Jr. is wait, Nick Prado's very good at first base. I mean, there that he said like he's better than Eric Cosmer defensively. Interesting. By the way, on that rant, I forgot about Lacey, seventy second rated prospect. Uh, that's another one you can get excited about as well with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, sorry about the rant, but it was just uh, just felt it. Just felt it needed Thank to you be a rant. I think it
3: was a much-needed rant, I'll tell you, you that You know right what? Now. I
2: just needed it. Just needed it. You know? Talk some Chiefs now. And at uh, 7.15, I'll go out to Denver, Colorado, talk to Andy Lindholm, former Broncos sideline reporter and afternoon radio host in Denver at this point because there's some questions I have to ask. About the whole quarterback situation and how they view the Chiefs. Because I love when Andy tells it like it is as the Broncos. Because I remember years ago talking to him when he said, as long as you got Mahomes, these are what fans in Denver are worried about. That's what they're worried about. And they've got a reason to worry about this. Like how bad do they want to catch the Chiefs? Are they making the moves to catch them? How safe is Vic Fangio? We'll talk to Andy in about 10 minutes. But Travis Kelsey was on with Rich Eisen today. And Rich Eisen asked a great question. Travis Kelsey even acknowledged it was a great question. It was about the learning and development of Patrick Mahomes behind Alex Smith. And we're seeing this in some places. In some places, we're not, Kramer. Did you did you ever see, like, Andy Dalton talking about, you know, here for himself and all this? And, you know, he's, you know Justin Fields is obviously there. Andy Dalton doesn't strike me as a guy that wants to groom him. Like Flacco didn't want to groom Drew Locke, and he told you as well. Favre didn't want to groom Rodgers. All right. Not everybody's Alex Smith. Alex Smiths are rare, rare entities in the NFL. They just are, because most quarterbacks are so ego driven; they're only thinking on themselves. And then learn the hard way. But here was Kelsey with talking to Rich Eisen about that.
4: I'm going to ask the question, and this is not at all, in any way, shape, or form, to see if Alex Smith shouldn't have started that whole first season as Mahomes was just drafted at all okay and that's my front load of this thing because i'm asking this question merely because we're seeing nagy matt nagy who was on the staff that year now in chicago trying to replicate something where he's got a new jewel right that he just traded up to go get in the first round just like the chiefs did with mahomes do you think mahomes needed that time to become the mahomes he is today travis best you can tell having a front row seat for all of that what do you think
5: I'm a little biased I'm a little biased that's a great question I'm I'm a Thank little you. biased in in who Patrick Mahomes is
4: um
5: I think I saw it-
2: I got to stop for saying <laughs> you know you were listening to Bob's interviews
3: Yes, I chuckled when I heard that. Yes.
2: <laughs> Someone will say, Great question. Bob will say, Thank you. Yes. It's kind of become a statement. He's doing it with Matheny now, too. I think it kind of catches Matheny off guard a little bit. But he'll say, Great question. And Bob will go, Thank you. So I'm like, Did you hear that, though? Because Rich Eisen did acknowledge you with the thank you, and he said, Great question. Yeah. I just thought
3: that no, was kind of... No, I smiled once I heard uh, Rich say, Thank you.
2: I think that was kind of Fescovian there, to be honest with you.
5: From the get go, his determination, his, his ability to uh, see. See coverages early, feel confident in what he's seen, be able to throw a good ball. Um, and then obviously his, his ability to make plays when the play breaks down. It's just, it's it's second to no one that I've ever played with or ever seen on the field. So it's, I'm, a, I'm a little biased when I say I don't think he needed that year, but I do think that it helped him be ready for the next season more than anything, without a doubt. Him, him understanding uh, Alex's his, his professionalism, just how to be a pro, um, it's re- reassuring. It, it, it gives you that confidence that, okay, I know how to do this. This is a guy who's had success in the league for numerous years, o- almost a decade now, and this, and, and this, and he does it like this. I can see how he has success and turn it into my own madness and my own psychic, and, 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 and I think that really helped him. But at the same time, when you're talking about need it, I don't know, man. Patrick Mahomes got something about him that I think uh, he'll, he was going to find a way. Um, it might not have been early. As, as fast as uh, the 50 touchdowns of his first season starting, or Crazy. 55 touchdowns the first season starting, it might not have been something like that, um, but it would. I think he would have still had or found success. Uh,
4: what about like huddle be, command? Be, what about huddle command and having the play call and knowing it and being able to deliver it in a manner in the huddle that that uh, communicated rather than just yeah, memorizing it are, and spitting it out and stuff those like that. All
5: things. Yeah, those are all things that first-year quarterbacks and first-year, you know what I mean, players all struggle with. Getting in and out of the huddle, being confident with what they're seeing, what they know, right. uh, their progression and stuff like that. Um, I think it definitely helped him. Like I said, it definitely helped him. Um, but Pat was always pretty good uh, just in terms of being, a, being on top of the play calling um, and understanding where he needs to go versus what
2: coverage is and stuff like that. So there, that's the old age old question. Because we all know his ability. I mean, <laughs> the guy was league MVP the next year. I mean, it's not like he just became good overnight. So he's good. You had the you had the future league MVP on your practice field, tearing up your your defense on the scout team, doing things at training camp. The Brett Veach company run back to door rooms to watch the videotape on what Mahomes was doing over with his guys. Okay. Alex Smith was a starter. And Andy Reid made it very clear from the beginning he's a starter as he should. You got to rally behind a quarterback. Some of these teams, they're just now naming their starting quarterbacks of the season. They've already lost, man. Don't have that trust of having your, your field general as your quarterback. You've already lost the battle at this point. You got to have that guy. And he let it know that Alex Smith is quarterback. And Patrick, I think, learned a ton that time behind Alex Smith. The good thing is, Alex Smith was so generous with his time, had him over for dinner, knew that Patrick was here to take his job. Very comfortable job. One of 32 in the NFL, and this guy that you're helping is coming to take your job. But Alex still did it, and Alex is different because there's a lot of prima donna crybabies in the NFL at quarterback that won't help anybody else because they're more concerned with themselves. I don't see that with this team. I mean, you hear Jody Fortson talking about Travis Kelsey helping the young guys out. They don't care. The stories of Tom Lee and all the help he used to give D Ford. help Brandon Albert did it with Eric Fisher when they drafted him. Guys coming to take your spot, but they impart their wisdom. And all that stuff comes from team structure and leadership and team above, you know, oneself. That's how that stuff comes from. And it's what they showed. So as much as I wanted to see Patrick Mahomes or wondered what if he plays that year, we'll never know. We'll never know, but there's always that what if. But does, did he need that year? Did he need that year to kind of learn the ways, you know, that Alex Smith's commanding the team. Like, was that good in his development or is he one of those guys, if you put him out there right in the bat, you never know what you had. Or was it tempting in that Tennessee game at halftime to put him out there? Because, again, that had to be temptation. Because if you're the coaching staff and you're watching him do the things he probably did on that practice field because he turned around the next year and was league MVP, only to win the Super Bowl the next year, yet that guy was on your practice field, it had to be tough. But maybe was all the building process of who and what he is now. Maybe that stuff did help him. Going forward, it's hard to argue it. You can always wonder why I think Travis Kelsey answered it perfectly there. Perfect one to ask. So anyway, I found that interesting with Travis Kelsey with Rich Eisen today. Coming up next, we'll go out to Denver, Colorado. Talk to former Broncos sideline reporter host afternoons in Denver about what's going on. I think Denver has got a better roster than the Chargers. Am I right? They're still not going to beat the Chiefs in this division. That That is over. But I want to know how he views the Chiefs. We'll discuss it. Next with Andy.
1: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
2: Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Bankley, Kramer, St. Sone, the Kramer, Dogs boosting the Operation Chiefs-Vikings. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock at G.E.H. Field at Arrowhead. There you go. Got it all in. Final preseason game. Joining us now, one of my longtime friends, Andy Lindahl, former Broncos sideline reporter. And he does afternoons in Denver, and he just got off work, and I'm bothering him now. How you doing, Andy?
6: Hey, how are you doing, Jay? How's it going out there? It's going good, Andy.
2: Andy Lindahl, of course, 92.5 in Denver, Altitude Sports. And, Andy, I thought it was – I wanted to talk to you tonight because I wanted a few things, a few answers from the Denver side. I've stated – that looking at that, and listen, they've they've cruised through preseason. They've looked good. They've actually looked really good. I love their pieces. I like Sutton, and I like Jerry Judy. I think he's one of the best route runners. Noah Fant. Uh, Javante Williams looks like the stud at running back out of North Carolina. Like him bringing in Fuller and Darby on defense. Love the drafting of Patrick Sertan. I feel their roster's better than Chargers. I know everybody's talking them up, but the whole coaching and quarterback controversy – all that comes bite me in the face. I, am I way off base?
6: No, I mean, look, there's a reason why they thought Aaron Rodgers was going to have interest in coming here. It's because this is a young roster that's going to be really good. And to watch them in camp, when they went up to Minnesota, now nah, it's Minnesota, you know, Vikings, I don't think, are going to be very good themselves, at least offensively. Yeah, we'll see them tomorrow. Um, yeah, they, well, they uh, they couldn't get a first down against Denver starting defensive mm. practices together. So uh, look, in practice, Astros even a defense. we're talking about practice, <laughs> the 11 on 11. That's crazy. Um, but um, like, again, Kirk Cousins apparently got so frustrated trying to go against his defense. And <laughs> frankly, I think it hurt this quarterback battle between Bridgewater and Locke because they couldn't do much against this defense. Um, the defense is going to have six. Well, Ojemudia got hurt. We'll go five corners deep. They're going to be able to run a dive package if they want to. I think Patrick Sertan was drafted in part to cover a guy like Travis Kelsey. Vic is – I mean, Vic spent the offseason, Vic Fangio, worried about, you know, how am I going to slow down this Kansas City offense, So we'll see if he's finally figured it out. Uh, But, again, it's all going to be about that. Run game is going to be good, Jay. They've spent a lot of time focusing on that, making that part of their identity. Yeah, I like it. But, you know, uh, it's just a matter – I think you're on the right pace. I think they could beat the Chargers, but the Chargers have the better quarterback of the two. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, we just don't know what is going to happen at the quarterback position. And even though Teddy Bridgewater has been announced the, the winner of the quarterback competition, which he was, I went to all the practices, um, you just I, it still feels like we'll probably see Drew Locke back in there at some point. I would say this. If the Broncos hit a point in the season where you know they're out of the playoffs, you got to throw a Drew Locke back in there and see if there's anything that can be salvaged before moving on.
2: Yeah, the fifth straight year, the Broncos have started a different quarterback in week one. Is Aaron Rodgers the starter next year in week one?
6: Jay, I don't know, man, because, you know, everybody, like, that's all they can talk about here in town, especially now that Teddy won the job. Drew does have a very loyal Bronco fan base. Really? A lot of fans that were not happy yesterday that he wasn't announced the starter. Well, they keep saying that he still has some upside, and when it comes to the arm, yes, there's upside. But, Jay, you guys have seen it when they play the Chiefs. He doesn't read a defense role. He doesn't make quick decisions. Now, I think the Broncos haven't exactly developed him the way they should either. And if you listen to Drew's press conference yesterday, I feel like the kid will admit he, he's just quietly admitting he's learned more from Teddy Bridgewater than probably any of the coaching in the last two years. And it's yeah. also clear Joe Flacco, Flacco didn't help him. was a punk to him. Flacco was a total punk for not totally. helping him that first year. So I don't think Drew's had the right mentors to be around either, but uh, he just still struggles. He still takes two looks and then it just gets helter skelter after that. He doesn't work the pocket properly. But, you know, he was promised to be a project. I would still give the kid another year to see what you got. But, you know, Teddy's going to have to be a little bit more dynamic version of Teddy than he was in Carolina if the Broncos are going to get to where we're talking about. But I think they can at least be in a conversation for a playoff spot this year. They
2: were both very similar. You know, watch him, watch that Minnesota game. Drew was awesome. He was. I mean, he's hitting the deep ball, he's connecting. Um, now, now he's got a corner a uh, coordinator back for the second year. Like he's not used to that. They changed him the last two years in uh, in uh, when he was with the Missouri Tigers. But he admitted he said that they said it was close. It was close between Bridgewater and uh, Andrew Locke. Despite all that, Andy, and despite having that great roster, and of course Vangio's you know defensive minded guys. So the defense with Denver is going to be good. Shermer on offense. Okay, I like what they're doing. I like what the Denver Broncos are doing. Having said that, you mentioned a few interesting things. Sertan was brought in, you know, to slow down Kelsey. Vic Fangio is his eyes on the Kansas City Chiefs because I'm looking at these teams. Like the Cleveland Browns, to me, took a step. Like the Ravens trading the one piece the Chiefs needed, a left tackle Orlando Brown, didn't make any sense considering a Chiefs are a roadblock for the Baltimore Ravens Made no sense at all. Is Denver's primary focus on the Chiefs?
6: Well, I think it is it is for Fangio in the division. Um, I mean, look, man, we don't know if Fangio is a head coach. He's a brilliant defensive mind. He yep. continues to be that. But we saw a guy here in Denver named Wade Phillips who was the same thing, brilliant defensive line, and Wade admitted towards the end of his career, I sucked as a head coach, and I know it wasn't the role for me. So Fangio, the jury's out if he's not in that same boat, you know. He hasn't called timeouts and saved time for his offense. There was one point, Jay, where, you know, people tried to downplay – Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, the first day they practiced in Minnesota, where they both got a chance to go against a defense that didn't know them or know their plays, Uh, Vic Fangio apparently spent that day watching the defense go against Minnesota's offense when that is the most important decision he's had to make all camp was the quarterback decision. And you're going to come out and admit to us in the media that you spent a whole practice not watching the two quarterbacks. And some (laughs) people are like, well, you can go back and watch Cape. Dude, when you've got – because it was close, like – it was close, not in the best of ways either, frankly, as much as they tried to play it up, Jay. Mm. Like one guy would have a good start to practice, and then he'd suck, and the other guy would have a good end to practice. <laughs> uh, Drew would be bad in the red zone, but then he'd get it back in team. And then Teddy would do the option, bad in team, good in the red zone. It, it just was one thing after another that, that just kept these guys kind of neck and neck. I think ultimately Teddy showing what he could do in the pocket last week is what won him the job against Seattle and showing that he understood protections better and things like that. But for Vic Fangio to take a whole day and not even watch his court, I mean, come yeah. on, man. It doesn't make any sense. That's the decision that's going to decide how good your year. here. And frankly, if you're going to keep your job and you're going to come out and tell us you spent a whole day watching, <laughs> you're not the defensive coordinator, Vic. You're not. You got Ed Donatel here because he was your yeah. right-hand man in Chicago That is supposed, you're supposed to trust him with his decisions on your D. I just don't know if the dude's a head coach. I really don't. And, frankly, Jay, I'm not all that enamored with Shermer. Sure, really? We talked about. Pat, sure, yeah, man. Because he wants to go three wide. They kept doing three wide with Drew Locke. Last. Couldn't block the three wide. B. They they kept doing the two high safety formation that baited Drew in the throws that he was still doing this year. He didn't develop Danny Daniel Jones at all. Danny Dimes. I don't think he's done it with Drew. I mean, he's an old school coach. I don't know that you need old school in this day and age. Everybody points to Josh Allen when they talk about Drew. Guess what Buffalo did. They in an offensive fit, Josh Allen until he got confident, and then they grew it into something that looks like an NFL offense, right? Yeah. He Drew. First off, you should have kept him in the West Coast because with two tight ends, Drew diagnoses the coverage as easier. He doesn't understand protections or coverages. He's got to get better at that stuff than he is right now, and Pat Shermer doesn't help him. So, I don't know, man. It's just I, I'm curious to see. I think with, with starting with selecting Teddy Bridgewater, as your starter, which he did win the competition. I'm not going to deny that, but the pressure is now on Fangio, and Shermer, and all these longtime NFL guys. You better get to the playoffs, man. You better get to the playoffs because you pretty much – this almost announces the end of Drew Locke's time here in Denver because of what you've chosen.
2: Yeah, he said a couple of things that have been baffling through the years. I never forget that Hall of Fame game, Drew Locke's uh, first year. And and some of the words he was using after the game, that's not a way to get a quarterback's confidence, to be honest with you. And then when he talks about he'll be a starter in this league. Well, that's not going to be comforting either because that doesn't mean a starter here. That means a starter in this league somewhere. I'm telling you, Andy, I think after the season, if Denver misses the playoffs, I think you're going to be looking at a certain University of Colorado running back, a former running back named Eric Biennemi in Denver if they don't get the job done.
6: Uh, I mean, it could be, man. You got it, you know, uh, I'd love to see it happen here. I just don't know. Um Jay, we don't even know who's going to own the team after the year, you know? Yep. Whether anybody wants to say it or not, Joe Ellis basically in a state, when, when the Bowling lawsuit, which I don't know if you guys have even been following on Kansas City, when all the kids agreed to mess. chill out for a bit, uh, all that meant was we're going to quit fighting, we're, we've agreed to sell the team, and, and in his you know corporate lingo press conference, Joe Ellis, the guy who's kind of the acting owner right now, had after the whole lawsuit was settled, beginning of the year, he said we're going to revisit the ownership transition after the end of the year, which means we're selling the team. They're going to sell the team, so not all the kids are going to agree on who gets to be the new owner. It's not a Stephen Jones Mara situation or like you've got there, that, you know. Uh, so they're going to get a new owner, and that probably puts Vic on the hot seat. There's a good chance there's a new coach. And, frankly, if Teddy doesn't do what Teddy can do, there's a chance we're looking at a new quarterback, too. W- wash, wrench, and repeat for the Broncos the way it's yeah. been since Manning was.
2: Well, Andy, you and I have had so much fun through the years talking. Ever since I've been doing radio, been talking uh, with you and vice versa about the season. And we, we had such a fun rivalry between the Broncos and Chiefs. It was fun. It was lopsided Denver's. And then since 2015, it's been all Kansas City Chiefs. It's been feast or famine, but there's still you know rivalries at heart. What are the Broncos fans saying about what's going on in Kansas City? Just the fact that they've won five straight divisions. They have their their stuff together with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes' as quarterback. Because I know when I grew up, you used to have a disdain for Elway because you knew he was good. And you saw him cut your hideout out many times. How do they view the Chiefs?
6: All you got to do is look at Twitter, and they're trying to make, like, last year when he was trying to claim Drew Locks ready to take on Patrick Mahomes. That, that's not even close to the case. Um Look, all I know is people just keep telling me what Kansas City has now is Denver getting a taste of its own medicine. It's what you had when you had O.A. You know, do Bronco Bronco fans don't worry about the Chiefs because we're just trying to figure out a way not to suck, right? (laughs) I mean, I'm sitting here telling you about they might be better than than the Chargers, but they don't have a better quarterback than Justin Herbert. We both know that. So um, I think Bronco fans just want to find a way that they don't have to to suck anymore. Um, You know, people they want their quarterback. That's the thing. After having Manning and Elway, they're so spoiled. They want their quarterback. Like like you just kind of laid out there, man. For me, I think Bridgewater, I think it's going to be interesting. I think if they run the football, which I don't know if Pat Schirmer is going to do, but if he does dedicate to the run, this can be an interesting team. This can be a fun team. They've won more games than they've won the last three years. But uh, nobody in this town is talking about the Broncos taking down Chiefs. the Chiefs at all. We'd just like to see a win. We'd like to maybe try to get one at home. It feels like even when Elway was there, it was impossible for the team to get one, you know, in Kansas City. And it's funny because if you look at the SI guy, we look at the Sports Illustrated where he, he goes to the game of every team, uh, all I mean the schedule of every team game by game. Jay, the, the SI guy, and I can't remember who wrote the article, he's got the Broncos winning in KC but losing in Denver. Which, you know, if the Broncos are going to get one against KC this year, there's a good chance you guys – Let's say for some reason it turns out like last year where you're the second seed and you come into Denver and you just need to rest, guys, because there's no two bye weeks
2: anymore.
6: I don't know why. I don't know what universe this guy thinks (laughs) the Broncos are rolling into KC and beating the Chiefs and then turning around and losing in Denver.
2: Yeah, they gave a clinched step by Cincinnati the week before. All right, Eddie, just two quick ones for you. Who's going to have more carries in Denver? This is more fantasy-related. Javante Williams, I mean, clearly I like what he did in North Carolina. It looks like he's turning some heads there. Is that going to be uh, ends up with more carries than Gordon?
6: That's the dude. I don't know if he'll be the dude right away, but Javante Williams. is. So Melvin Gordon decided to stay away from OTAs all offseason. I don't think that was smart. It gave Javante all the carries in the pre in the uh, OTAs and, and minicamp mini camp and all that. Um, and then now Gordon's resting some groin injury, and it's given Javante a look. I mean, Javante is the deal. They drafted, they traded him up and drafted him for a reason. Uh, I would go with Javante Williams because a lot of us think by the second half of the year he'll be the guy if he's not the starter right away.
2: And the last thing for you, uh, 14 quarterbacks, Andy, starters in the NFL have not played in the preseason, including Justin Herbert. How surprised are you with him with the new head coach, considering Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, these guys have all played in the preseason. The last three Super Bowl champion head coaches have all played their starters in the preseason. I know it's it's Los Angeles and not Denver, but are you a little bit surprised like that, like me?
6: Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess a little bit. You know, Jay, it's funny. We had Nina Kimes on our show earlier today, and I asked her how she felt about it because, you know, the Rams don't ever play anybody. Um and that's who she's doing the broadcast for. We got her on because she's, you know, color analyst for the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Rams who the Broncos are going to wrap things up with against Saturday. Um, and she said, you know, she doesn't know if there's a right way to do it. You know, she mentioned the and the Chiefs playing their guys. You know how it is, Jay. As long as nobody gets hurt, then you look brilliant, right? Yes, yes. I can remember one year the Broncos were so hell-bent on it. Josh McDaniels had to have a good game to end the preseason and get the mind of the team right he decided to play two his <laughs> He played all his starters, and Lindell White and Ryan Harris, two of their starters, ended up getting hurt against Minnesota yeah. and couldn't go for the first half of the season. And Lindell wasn't ever the same player again after getting a crazy turf toe injury up in that old uh, that old turf they had up there. So, I mean, I'm with you. The guy that I guess at least you know Herbert has had something. To me, Daniel Jones not playing. Are you serious? Yeah. You're not playing Daniel Jones? Uh, that I don't get that at all. Um you know look the Broncos are going to play their guys a bit Saturday I don't love the idea I was surprised Reed cuz I've been watching the Chiefs games uh I've been surprised Andy Reed has played his old line as deep into some of the games he has I know you're trying to get a, a lather and a chemistry going between And they the got three guys, rookies but, you know well I know man but injury histories on the older guys I I don't know man it's just you got to be careful with that right so yeah. Yeah, look, if you get out of it healthy, it was a brilliant move. Right? Well, you're
2: always starting for me, Andy. Always going to start for me. Andy Lindall at Andy underscore Lindahl. Uh, Denver Broncos does afternoons on 92.5 Altitude Sports Radio. Andy, always uh, say it's just a tradition to always talk to you about the uh, what's going on out there, so I appreciate your time.
6: Yeah, man, I guess I'll talk to you what, in November. We don't
2: play till late this year. Yeah, see, the last game of the season is January 9th. First time we play Denver is
6: December fifth. So Thanksgiving, I want to say, yeah.
2: Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to talk at some point and just see you know just check out <laughs> things are going.
6: Hopefully we at that point. Hopefully we're not soul crushed like the last year.
2: <laughs> okay, Andy, take care, my friend. Thank you very very much for joining me. See you. There you go, Andy Lindahl, right there. How about Andy drop of that? We just care about not sucking.
3: I like the honesty. That's, that's what you're going to get from Andy, 24-7, he, honesty. He used to be so cocky with the Broncos, man. Oh, yeah, because that's when they were you know, were good with Peyton. Today's National Dog Day, he sounded like a beaten dog. Oh, he did. He sounded very uh, hell-bent on knowing how the season's going to turn out.
2: Trying to fit my narrative with the uh, Broncos-Chargers thing, you know? Trying to fit the narrative. I'll react to Andy Lindholm next.
1: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio.
2: we we'll go back to Bacon Night, J. Binkley, Kramer, Sanso, and the cream Dog. It was weird hearing Andy Andy, Andy, Andy Andy Lindahl talking about the Broncos like that. He covers the Broncos, been a sideline reporter. He's been there forever. He grew up there. It's not how the conversations used to go. Used to be a lot of smack back and forth. They were the rival, right? Like, who is the rival now? I don't think it exists in this division. You know, Buffalo wants to be. They faced the Chiefs twice last year and lost both times. The Ravens want to be, I guess. They did trade Orlando Brown. The Chiefs needed a left tackle, and they were willing, which is still silly. The Patriots were that team that the Chiefs needed to, you know, knock off the pedestal and and start to be that team in the AFC. The Raiders gave the Chiefs a little something-something, uh, with the circling of the buses. And then they took the Chiefs down to the final two minutes of the game out in Las Vegas. Two close games against the Raiders. That's always the fun one. Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chiefs. Chargers just never been, never viewed them much as a rival. I know they're in the division, but again, it's always been the Chargers. You know, who cares? But it's been about the Raiders and Broncos. Andy Reid's 31-5 against this division since fifteen. And again, you have to throw in that Chargers game where the JV was playing, which could be that game in Denver. Just like what Andy said, Andy Lindahl. He said by the time the Chiefs play in Denver this year, it could be rest of starters. Remember like Patrick Mahomes got his first start in Denver because they didn't need to. Could they have it wrapped up? But they do have a lot of controversy as far as their owners. The bowling kid's not getting along, right? Who's going to be the owner of that team? I know George Payton came in as the GM. Seems serviceable. I think the Broncos have some issues coming down from the front office down. He's not enamored with Pat Shermer either on offense. A little bit surprised on that. He said they want to run three wide. I always thought it was going to be good, but it doesn't matter now because Drew Locke's not starting to have his coordinator there for the second straight year. They've got talent. Noah Fant, Judy, Cortland Sutton. I do like Javante Williams running back a lot. The defense, at least he he admitted they drafted Patrick Sertan. He's going to be a great cornerback in this league. Drafted him to help with Travis Kelsey. So they had the Chiefs in mind. I like that. I like what teams are looking at. What's in the division? How do we slow this team down? Because their priority, public enemy number one, is the Chiefs. How do we catch that team? I think they're still throwing darts at the most important position, which is quarterback. Again, five straight years. They've had a different starting quarterback on, on game one. That is not continuity. That is not at all. Next year is probably going to be six straight years for the Denver Broncos. A team that did pass on Justin Fields. Did pass on that. I mean, I like where they went in the first round. But again, that defense of Denver is going to be good. I think we can both admit that the defense, I feel, will be one of the tops in the FC West. Chiefs, I think they'll go from 16th to a top 10 defense, to be honest with you. I think that's where the Chiefs sit. But will the Broncos games even matter by the time you get to December 5th and then January 9th? Is it even going to matter? I don't know. I know everybody's darling has been the Chargers. But what have they done? What have they done? I think the Denver did bring in Fuller and Darby and Zertan. I mean, you can see kind of what they're doing, their theme. Stopping Patrick Mahomes. Cleveland has definitely done this. They've taken the biggest step forward of the other bubble teams, in my opinion. They have, and they needed to, and they do have the coach of the year. It's all on Baker Mayfield, right? I don't think Baker Mayfield's one of the elite quarterbacks, but he stretches the imagination. I think he's serviceable though. Great play action quarterback. You have that run game, and you have three All Pros on your offensive line. You're probably it's hard to suck when you got those things going for you. To be honest with you, Kramer, when you have that line. Those receivers, those running backs, it is hard for a quarterback to flat out suck if you have all that in front of you. Don't know if it's Super Bowl caliber. Don't know if that can win you the Super Bowl because you better be elite on the other side of the ball. But I think they're going to win some games. I think they're going to give the Ravens. I think it's going to go down to the wire between them and the Ravens this year. And I have Cleveland coming out on top.
3: And that's a strong point, because I honestly feel the exact same way. But I, and you know how you said earlier that you think it's the Chiefs and Bills in the AFC Championship game? I think it's going to be the Browns and Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. The Browns are just such a good team. And they're, not, they're not
2: content, are they? I mean, no. they weren't content in this offseason. They bring over 50% of the Rams secondary. John Johnson. All right. It's going to be fun, man, because I, I can't wait. You know how good the Chiefs are? Who's going to be their challenger? It does not exist in the AFC West. It could be the Titans again. I, you know, Bud Dupree's a stud. They brought him from Pittsburgh. You know, Julio Jones comes over, but again, Julio Jones—that was the twenty-eighth or twenty-seventh ranked defense last year in yards a lot. I don't think Bud Dupree makes the biggest difference for that defense. They brought in the a defensive back, and he already retired from the game. They've got issues. They've got issues over Tennessee. Julio Jones does not play defense. Okay, are they going to be able to stop anybody? The Colts I was high on. Because I love that offensive line. I think their line is better in Buffalo. I think their running game is better in Buffalo. To be honest with you, I think their defense is better. The quarterback's the big difference. Wentz and Josh Allen, that's a pretty big gap between the skill level of both those. And Stephon Diggs is over there.
3: Heck, even with a a healthy Carson Wentz, I still don't even think they're even a good team, though. Watch out for them, though. Chris Ballard's a good GM They're going to have
2: the most cap money in the NFL after the season. Like, they're not going away.
3: And, heck, who knows? Andrew Luck might come back next year.
2: Oh, my God, no. That ship is sealed. Think about that team. They're always hopeful about it, though. Think about that team where they were. He was the comeback player of the year. Remember they make the playoffs? And then he walks out and everything goes down the, the toilet. I mean, they were still a good team, and they still went to Buffalo last year. With Phillip Rivers, who's coaching 4A high school football in Alabama right now, still got the most out of him because of that offensive line in that running game. And guys are healthy at the wide receiver position. Pittman's going to be a stud. T.Y. Hilton already is. Zach Pascal's going to be good. Like, I like some of their skill positions. I think the Colts are going to be sneaky this year.
3: You have the running back in Jonathan Taylor. So you're
2: Third fine. leading rusher in the NFL last year, Jonathan Taylor.
3: I still think the Chiefs should have went for him.
2: Uh, That's who I mock the Chiefs that, that I've year. I've always liked Jonathan Taylor. And again, people were questioning like his hands. Remember? Oh, yeah. But he went out of his way. Remember, his last year at Wisconsin, because he he, they said he couldn't catch he caught a touchdown pass right there in the first week. Like His hands are underrated. They just didn't use them a lot at Wisconsin. They didn't need to use it a lot at Wisconsin. He can't catch, though. And the guy's a hell of a runner and a stud. Jonathan Taylor is the real deal. It's going to be fun this year. It's going to be fun to find that bubble. But the bubble exists between Cleveland, Buffalo, Baltimore to me. I'll throw the Colts in there too. Where would you put the Patriots, tier B or tier C? Because if they do go Mac Jones, it's going to be
3: rookie. I'd say on the fringe of like the highest of the tier Cs. They're on the fringe. It depends on how they go the first two weeks. Then after that, I think we we should be able to see what's set in with the how the Patriots are going to go roll with this upcoming season.
2: Would you put the Patriots with the Colts? Would you put the Dolphins there too, or are you not believing in Tua?
3: No, I'll put the 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 Colts are are still a B list team. I feel like a B tier team. Well, with the with Dolphins, they're they're a high tier C to me as well. I think I mean you could say the rest of the teams if you're not the Bills in the AFC East. It's it's just the it's 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 the Bills and then whoever's gonna finish second or first or second and third between the Patriots and Dolphins.
2: I still think the NFC West is the most competitive division with a bunch of teams. Not one hundred percent sure. Oh, on. definitely. But the AFC North is right there for the AFC. Agree. Yeah. Those are the most competitive divisions this year. I'd have to agree. Yeah. Because, I, mean, I don't know about Pittsburgh. I mean, when you count them down, they're good. Last year, you know, they start off with 11-0. Best Honestly,
3: record ever just for the Steelers. De- it just depends on how um, big Ben plays. Because, I, mean, I mean, Cincinnati's we, we, dragging that division down. Uh, yes. But with I Jamar agree. Chase and Joe Burrow, who knows? It might be a fun, exciting one. That thing with the Bengals, their defense isn't even there anymore. They're going to
2: be better than they were last year.
3: Well, uh, yeah, because they're going to have at least more games with Joe Burrow, and hopefully his offensive line can actually keep him upright. But the NFC West is the biggest... Coin flip, kind of like the NFC East was last
2: year, but they, because they all sucked. But when you have the Cardinals, the Niners, the Seahawks and the Rams, like you could make a case for each of those teams.
3: Yeah, everything could be a coin flip for there. Everybody's going to be, they're, they're going to, Seahawks, I don't think they're anymore. It's It has to be the Rams. I don't know, man. That's just me though. And, and, they, and the Cardinals they, they, they need to make up it there. Their,
2: but they bulked up their offensive line. Again, Russell Wilson's been one of those sack quarterbacks. The last three years, more of an emphasis on the running game. They did try to placate Russell Wilson, brought over the Rams, run coordinator. I don't know, we'll see. Jury's still out on the Seahawks this season. Again, Russell Wilson may do what he does every year. And that's flash and gets MVP talks for the first six weeks. Yeah, first and then, six, ten weeks, yeah. Then dissipates. Like Derek Carr. As long as they win. It's all that matters to me. <laughs> Josh Vernier comes up at eight o'clock with the Royals. With Fern's on deck show, the Royals and the Mariners tonight. We got a little late West Coast baseball coming up, but there is optimism with the young pitching staff. Brad Keller on the mound now for the Kansas City Royals. But the Chiefs, they get started in 23 hours tomorrow against the Minnesota Vikings. What to look for next?
1: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Six Ten Sports Radio. <laughs>
2: Final preseason game for the Chiefs, 7 o'clock tomorrow night against the Minnesota Vikings. So about 23 hours from now, the Royals coming up at 8 o'clock. Four-game set with the Seattle Mariners out west. Josh Vernier, Vern's on deck show. Comes at you at 8 o'clock. Brad Keller on the mound for the Royals. Whit Merrifield makes his 434 straight start for the Kansas City Royals. Tonight, again, franchise record. El these Escobar once held that record. Not anymore. It's Whit Merrifield. Nicky Lopez will bat second. Salvador Perez bats third. Hunter Dozier fourth. Andrew Benatendi will be in left field, batting fifth. Michael A. Taylor in center field, bat sixth. Hanser Alberto will be the DH tonight, batting seventh. Ryan O'Hearn in right field, to bat eighth. Emmanuel Rivera at third base, and he'll bat ninth. Same thing for me all, all preseason, Kramer. About tomorrow. I know Andy was talking about the Chiefs. They'll play their a lot. Well, they, that's fine. They're getting that continuity, getting that chemistry on. The Chiefs offense, those guys have been road graders. And one of the guys, I know we've talked a ton about Trey Smith because he looks great. The Trey Smith-Lucas-Niang combination, it's becoming quite nasty. Like you see them kind of working off each other in some of their blocks and the pancaking there at the end by Lucas-Niang. Lucas-Niang is kind of showing a little bit of that nasty streak that I think this offensive line has been looking for. We know Trey Smith's got it. We know Creed Humphreys got it. Orlando Brown likes to pancake people as well. They're starting to come together, man. Starting to come together. They need to come together. That was the biggest question. They they, they revamped their offensive line. Five new starters. You don't see teams going to back-to-back Super Bowls that revamp their starters on the offensive line. It stays to me as they number one. Starters on defense have only given up 56 yards to this point. Really held Kyler Murray to nothing against the Cardinals last week. That was good to see. So in the trenches, in the offensive line, no penalties and 52 snaps. But again, you can expect that. Orlando Brown's only had two penalties the last two years. Joe Tooney only three. past couple of years didn't have any back in 2019. That's been the theme of what they drafted. Nasty guys, and they bring in uh, through a trade and then free agency like Tooney. Guys that don't make a lot of penalties – and guys that protect their quarterbacks and they'll give up sacks. That's the important thing. Develop that offensive line, get them rocking and rolling for game number one against Cleveland. This team is all about the trenches to me tomorrow night. But you know what? <laughs> Once that game happens, no one remembers what you do in the preseason. Doesn't matter. Will the team be ready for week one? Again, the Chiefs like to play their starters. A lot of teams don't. As we mentioned, 14 quarterbacks that are starters haven't played in the preseason including AFC West, guys like Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. Now, the Broncos have because they had a quarterback battle. Anyway, thanks to Kramer Sansone for producing the operation. Thanks to Andy Lindahl from Altitude Sports Radio in Denver. And thanks to Ron Kopp over at ArrowheadPride.com. Brad Keller on the mound for the Kansas City Royals. Josh Vernier and Vern's On Deck Show coming your way next.
1: This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Six Ten Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.